Welcome, welcome. We back after a long, long, long break. Hey, they said we back like cook crack, baby. DP and JP <laughs> is back spit talking. God damn, it's been a minute. Hey man, you know life just happened, man. So you know what I'm saying, like what what you what you been up to, man? Yeah, I mean you know like what's what's real in society right now? What's real in life? I man, yeah. I've been it's just been focusing, man. It's just being a dad, you know, dealing mm-hmm. with you know relationships and family and working, you know, just everything that comes in with adult responsibilities. Like you know that shit takes precedent. It takes up most of your time. And, you know, you're just trying to find time, like, you know, as a dad, as a as a person, you know, to yeah. find time for you. So, you know, just been doing that. And it's like, you know, we ain't did this shit since mm. week one of the NFL season. So, we talking about back in September. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's just good to catch up with something because, you know, like, you know, this was a hobby that we both thoroughly enjoyed, you know. So, you know, now we back at it, you know, especially now that we found time, we found a little stability and balance in life. So, we just back to doing what we do, talking spit. Man, what's up, house? But what's been going on with you, JP, is the question. Nah, don't do that, my dude. Don't do that. Man, I've been cooling, man. You know, uh, same shit, man. Just trying to be a great dad, you know what I'm saying? But You know what I'm saying? Just trying to make shit happen at work. Yeah. Um, you know, with us, you know, some shit happen. You you doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. Some schedules change. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, just trying to be a good human being. You know, they always say I walk around looking angry and shit, but that's just my light that's, skin. That's, that's, that's that light skin shit. Yeah, and I'm short, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I got, you know, I, got, a, I, got, the, I got the double dose. Look, light skin and Napoleon. Yeah, some shit. so. And then what's even worse is, is, <laughs> is the Splash Brothers and Golden State just won the finals. Yeah. So, so now, Golden, the light skin. Hey, hold up. And Drake just dropped. Ugh, I heard. You know what I'm saying? I heard Drake album was trash. No, it depends on what you listen to, what you want to listen to. I don't know. I it's heard it was more trash. like a, it's more like a Caribbean flow. Caribbean flow. I mean, yeah, it's not a rap album. The guy from Canada it's does a, Caribbean flow. Has he not been doing different things? Caribbean tonight? flow. Has he not been doing different things? I mean, he tries. He to says, do "I do things. I do things." I, I <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna thoroughly listen to it some point over the weekend. That jungle had you moving. Mm. It's not a rap album. Everybody wanted a rap album. He, he just gave you that. So he's a light-skinned Shabba Ranks. Shabba? Shabba Ranks. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? My man just do his thing. He do what's on his mind. You know what I'm I ain't saying? mad at that. I mean, yeah. shit, when you own a company, you worth, you know, 200, 300 million. I ain't mad at you. Two, two or 300 million. You worth it. Oh, you, you shortchanging uh, Berber. Ah, shit, don't let me lie to you. Berber about 800 million. Well, yeah, I mean, Aubrey <laughs> can, can do what the fuck he want. <laughs> Aubrey, yeah, you were a hundo, six yeah. hundo. Yes, that's, Aubrey can do what the fuck he wants. That's a whole different ball game. Bro. Indeed, no, I'm not. I'm not mad at him. But uh, now nah, we just wanted to get y'all caught up on a little bit of what we've been up to, man. Like yeah, I said, yeah. He been chilling. I've been chilling. We've definitely been wanting to get back to the podcast. Yeah. Um, DJ Motorman is definitely about to be another big influential person into this podcast, and we definitely going. You know, bring him into the mix a little bit more. Taylor and, Gay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, some other people that we had on here, too. You know, so, you know, uh, probably get him in. But it's many, you know, probably be me and DP. But we definitely try to get it back and, you know, yeah. back more often and, 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 and more regular. And so. that's the thing where, you know, we're definitely going for. You know, we you know we had a good a good listening, you know, group growing. Um, yeah. And that's it. We had, like, a good, like, 34, 30, 40 steadily growing and, you know, different times people are like, you know, what happened with the pod, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, man, like, you know, it's just finding time to do it. 
and it's like, you know, that's kind of the struggle. But, you know, now some things are kind of opened up. It's summertime now. So, you know, everybody's schedule got a little more flexibility. So, mm. you know, we just kind of want to, you know, get back to it, talk our spit, you know, because mm. we know you guys enjoy listening to us. We know you guys like to reach out to us and kind of debate, chat sports and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, that's basically what it is for us. Like, you know, it's just two guys with two mics, you know, just yeah. doing what we love to do is talk spit. <laughs> You know they like flexibility. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just the first thing I guess we're just going to go ahead and get into, you know, is we talk about the NBA Finals. Um, you know, just the other night, Thursday night, Golden State went ahead and, and put the uh, the hammer down on the Boston Celtics. You know, what, what was your take? What did you what did you see in that, in that Finals? Actually, uh, in the beginning, Boston showed a little more than I thought they were going to show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought it was I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be a five game series. I thought it was going to go four one. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Boston came out fighting hard, but then you know they got after a couple games, you could see like they started to get they they started to get their heart taken from them. Yeah. And, I, oh no, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. They started to get their heart taken from them. And it was just like, mm, all right. So like that last game, man, they. It, they ain't believe in that. Like, yeah, it was they, they when they came back a uh, game five, mm-hmm. and you know, and they tied it up. They actually went up by like six or seven, mm-hmm. and then and then Golden State just came and paused, blew their back out. Huh. Like it was just it was something <laughs> serious. After that, it was a it was a wrap. You know? Yeah. So I mean, it, it, you know, Boston did their thing. They came out, uh, and and what most people said. Even though a lot of those Warriors weren't there for some of them championship teams, mm-hmm. the key ones were. Yeah. So, like, you know, hopefully Tatum and Brown. Um, I don't know what's up with Smart. He was kind of, like, mm, up and down in this series. So, yeah. like, hopefully they can get it together. Hopefully they can come back and be strong next year. But, you know, this year they just they just ran into that buzzsaw and then Steph got hot. Them, the, the light-skinned boys just did what they do. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I, I can't hate Andrew Wiggins. Everybody laughed and joked about that trade he when he came dark there. Horse. That dude came and played both sides of the ball, he was and he did his horse. thing, man. Like, yeah. like he really could have just like been MVP. I ain't even hold you. Oh no, he could have. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of saw that as like Wiggins could have been considered the Iggy mm-hmm. of like the Golden State nucleus, despite Iggy didn't play much because obviously he's old now. But I mean, he kind of more and he so. He gave that little two minute bong bong jump. <laughs> Which was some bullshit. <laughs> but, um, you know, just looking at it, you know, like what, like when I looked at it, because, you know, like I was, you know, I like to entertain and argue with people on um, social media. For real. Especially when I get bored. <laughs> so, like, you know, a lot of it, when I, when I realized, like, Boston at different points had Golden State shook, it was more so of Boston was taking the fight to Golden State. They were yeah. constantly downhill. And the two games Boston won, they won the paint, they won on the glass, and they won yeah. the turnover battles. Yeah. And that was the difference of it. And it was like once Boston realized, they were like, uh, Steph Curry is a liability on defense. So they yeah. were like, attack Steph Curry. And then even with Draymond Green, like there was a stretch where it was like anytime Draymond Green was the nearest defender, there was like they were shooting about 49% as far as field goals converted. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm like, you know, that means Jalen Brown, Tatum, like these guys were getting to the bucket. Marcus Smart was getting downhill to the bucket. Like they were attacking right. Steph. Um, so the biggest thing that kind of blew me um, lately in the game was uh, the game four. Game four was basically what decided the NBA Finals, in my opinion. And the reason why was because Steve Kerr showed you of what an experienced coach does. He took one of his high play, high paid mm-hmm. players, which was Draymond Green, and said, right now you're a liability. Yeah. And if we lose this game, we're down 3-1. 
you got to go to the bench. Mm -hmm. So when they put him on the bench, they bring Jordan Poole in. You move Clay to the three, you put Wiggins at the four, and you play Looney at the five. Looney, Tony. And the biggest difference was Looney gave you shot blocking. Now, obviously, he's no Matumbo. Right. But at the same time, he gives you shot blocking and rebounding in the paint. Looney smokes a lot of weed. I believe it. But the difference, the difference once they converted to that was Andrew Wiggins. Like, Andrew yeah. Wiggins was looking like fucking Rodman yeah. out there on the glass. Like, I think he had 17 and 16 that night. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like, they took it upon themselves. Like, we're getting killed on the glass by Al Horford and Robert Williams. So, now, we need to focus on, one, attacking the glass. <laughs> right. Draymond, you got to get out because, like, literally, Draymond was standing at the three-point line and Robert Williams was sink to the paint and be like, the minute somebody cuts, somebody drives, I'm just going to come off and help. And Robert Williams was he was averaging about two blocks a game. He was Draymond for Green, the and Draymond Green, pretty much. <laughs> so you know, like Steve Kerr made a huge a huge gutsy call because you know most coaches are like, you know what, he's one of my high played players, he's one of right. my stars, I'm going to keep him in. Right. But it was like, yo, like if we lose this game, we're down three one, and it makes it an extremely hard uphill battle. Correct. And when they made that adjustment, I kind of looked at Udoka, which is the Boston Celtics coach, and I was like, you didn't have a counter for it, and they, like you're inexperience as a coach showed because you got to yeah. be able to counter that. Like you got to say, like, all right, cool. You're going to go small to put four scores on the floor mm -hmm. with one big. Now I got to, and at times he still kept Robert Williams in and I'm like, Robert Williams can't stay in front of Andrew Wiggins. Right. So then when he tried to slightly be like, all right, well, let me bring a, a Pritchard or somebody off mm -hmm. the bench. Wiggins was killing him on the glass. Yeah. So I'm like, that's really what killed him. Also what ultimately killed Boston was they need a point guard. There was a lot of ISO ball, between Smart, Jalen Brown, and Tatum. Three really good basketball players mm -hmm. in their own rights. Tatum and Brown are much better scorers than Marcus Smart. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a lot of ISO, hezzy, pull-up threes. And I'm just like, you know, you playing in the Golden State's hand. Like, y'all not moving the ball. You're not playing the team aspect of basketball. And that's what Golden State thrived on. And that's why they've been so successful with four titles in eight years. So, you know, when you really look at the fine picture, it was like... John Wall. <laughs> Golden State when it boiled down to it you know Steph was huge in that game for Steph finally had that big moment um, that everybody's kind of waiting for that mm -hmm. game that kind of is just like when you look at Steph's legacy and it's just like what game jumps out to you like Steph took over that game and it was definitely game four yeah. and I mean, he gave him what 43 Something and 10 like yeah. 43 and 10 yeah. it's bad when Steph Curry has 10 rebounds the 6-3 guy <laughs> had 10 rebounds like that's terrible like Boston should be ashamed of themselves so Boston really kind of showed their inexperience as the series went on and, you know, it bit them in the ass. And I'm just like, you know, when you're, you know, what's working, like literally in their two games, they were downhill and killing Golden State in the paint. And right. then they just went away from it and they started settling for bad shots, contested shots. Like it's terrible when you run a high screen, you know, or you run the pick and roll mm -hmm. and you get Steph Curry down on the block against Al Horford. Al Horford is passing the ball out to a shooter for a contested shot. That's when, the yeah, but I mean, like That's when you like it? when you have Steph Curry down there one on one with Al Horford, we're Ball talking about almost chicken. a foot in difference. <laughs> And probably 60 pounds. Like, that, that's got to go. You got to go. To, you got to attack the cup. Right. Because Steph, realistically, he doesn't want to pick up a foul. So right. he's going to let you body him to an extent. If someone comes and helps and they double, then, yeah, you kick out to the corner. But, no, when it's a one-on matchup with Steph Curry, you got to finish that at the cup. So, like. And off subject, that's kind of why DeMar DeRozan became a better player. Because he realized he can just do some mid-game type shit. Yeah, he's that mid-range. He's not falling into. I got to shoot a three every time. Yeah. And, and I'll just pass up on my good two for a bad three. Yeah. So, like, you know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's just where the NBA is right now. Right. Like, it's it's basically, it's hilarious because, like, and a lot of a lot of people give me shit about it, but, like, I have disowned the Orlando Magic. I, I, I can no longer cheer for them. That franchise is trash. But um, 
back in the 2007 up to about 2013 during the Stan Van Gundy era, Stan Van Gundy always said a three-pointer is a high percentage shot when you make it. It's either a three-pointer or a layup. And it was like, we just happen to have Dwight Howard down there who's getting rebounds and putbacks, but he's like, a three-pointer is just as good as a layup, especially when you're wide open. So, I mean, that's kind of what the NBA has really converted to, to what we've all grown up to in the 90s where, you know, you had a four and a five down the block. You kind of threw it in. You let them pound it out. Of course, Jeff wants to say pause. And then <laughs> guys like Shaq were killing the air. Back to the basket basketball. And then, you know, that's where guys like MJ dominated in there because to, despite having a power forward and a five on each side of the block, Jordan still went down there and averaged 30 for his career. Um, but, you know, like now the game is completely transcended. It's elevated, you know, to a different aspect where it's a it's a five out. You know, the floor is open. You know, a lot of high screener rolls, you know, it opens up a lot of one-on-one matchups. And guys are, you know, now amazing athletes to the point where they're able to finish at the cup with finesse, with power, you know, whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But, um Shout out to Steph Curry for finally getting his finals MVP. It's long overdue. I don't feel like Iggy should have got that one that they got from 2015. But mm, what? That's tough. Iggy did every Iggy did everything that year though. So my I mean, gripe. I listen. I'm not gonna argue against a light skin. But see, my 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 frustration with with the situation is is you give Iggy a finals MVP for situational defense. LeBron averaged 35, 13. And I think nine. And you're trying to convince me that Iggy was deserving of a Founders MVP for a motherfucker that was averaging that. Because occasionally late in the games, LeBron missed shots. Yeah. That's an MVP? Like, come on, man. Yeah, I miss LeBron. I get it. Cause I'm, but I'm at the same time, but it's just hilarious because it'd be like, oh, well, Iggy did strap LeBron in situations. And I'm like, or well, LeBron missed shots. Then we can say that about anything. Can we? Yeah. Because I mean, we're not going to sit here and act like Iggy's just this, this, this. At that time, Iggy was a great defender. It's the same thing like they said about Shane Battier. And when them, when they were saying, well, he's, he's the best person that could stop Kobe. And Kobe was still giving him 30. The Kobe stopper. But that's what I'm saying. Like, guys were saying they were so-called Kobe stoppers, but he was still getting 30. Cincinnati Bearcats. But, um. Barbecue. He's <laughs> <laughs> a Huggins baby. Uh, it, what's it's funny you said that and i meant to text you the other night because i had well, just listened to knuckleheads podcast and they had kenya martin on there oh. and they were talking about his whole thing how he ended up from texas up to cincinnati mm-hmm. mainly because he said huggy kept it a buck with him you know it was just like we'll get you in but he's just like i'm letting you know what the fuck is gonna be like this is gonna be a grounded out mm-hmm. shit you're gonna commit to these things you're gonna commit to the program mm-hmm. you're gonna commit to the weight room and you need to do what the fuck you need to do for us right. to be successful. And I kind of laugh because a lot of people don't know, but JP's a huge Huggy fan. I always like to tease Jeff when they're losing. I'll be like, fuck Huggy. But he's a huge Huggy fan. Um, but not to get too stray or far off topic. But, um, but yeah, that, I mean, that, that's kind of, you know, it was, it was a good NBA Finals for me. It was kind of refreshing to kind of see, like, Golden State be able to have the last two years be a struggle for them because of injuries right. one year. Then, you know, last year they're in the play-in, lose to Memphis. And then, you know, Steph said it, and he was like, you know, basically in a nutshell, we're going to be a motherfucker next year. And then they come out and win the finals. Mm-hmm. And it was like kudos to them because they were able to kind of maintain until Clay was healthy because Clay didn't come back until the new year. So, you know, Wiggins made his all, his first all-star appearance. Jordan Poole jumped out the gym, you know, out of nowhere. He's probably right, going to yeah. get a – he's probably looking at his first, you know, yeah, real yeah. real big payday. That's what it's about to be a pool party. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, like, you know, and, and it's and it's like where you got to give kudos to Golden State is because, you know, you develop the talent you have. 
And the crazy part is the guys like the James Wisemans, the Kamingas, they didn't even really have like an impact. So right. imagine when they actually learn to play the NBA game of basketball, like Golden State could be around for the next solid three years. Like they could win another title or two and actually be considered a dynasty, in my right. opinion. Like I feel like you've got to win anywhere between like three to five consistently in that period to be considered a dynasty. But I know they had a two-year drop-off and then, of course, the whole KD thing. Yeah. Which brings me to my next question because, yeah, because a lot of people don't know JP is a, is, is a, he resides from PG. Um, yeah. Is KD Salty that Golden State won? I don't think so. I don't think so because he left, like I told you before, he left and went to a place that he wanted to be, and he playing with like his best friend. He's playing with the weirdo. You mean and Dr. CB with a layup? <laughs> the world is flat. <laughs> this is where this is where me and Jeff kind of have indifferences, and the reason for me is because it's like KD at different times. I know he didn't like how the Steph Curry factor and how the media kind of manipulated it to be that. Everybody was focused on Steph, so it was easy for KD to go score 30. Now, obviously, we know KD is skilled enough, considered one, obviously one of the best scorers on the planet. Um, but then going to play with like a Steph Curry, who just came fresh off of two finals. Uh, I'm sorry, not finals, two league MVPs. And then, you know, you kind of get added to that with Clay and Draymond. And, you know, the you know obviously everybody who pays attention to basketball, the Warriors franchise. You know, you add an, an elite talent like that. You know, to a team, and it's just like all we need Katie to do is come in and score when we need you to score. We don't need you to be anything outside of that last six minutes. Now, obviously, he would get his points during the game, but right. that last six minutes, he'd be like, "All right, Katie, it's your time to shine. Go ahead. We're gonna give you the ball. We'll let you run your ISOs. We'll set you some screens." And at that time, like Steph was kind of deferring, be like, "You got it. It's your team. Just go win." Right. So, you know, of course, at different times through social media and things like that, people were saying that Katie didn't like how the narrative was being created, that it was like, well, you know, everybody was focused on Steph, so it was easy for Katie to eat. And, you know, obviously Draymond and Katie had their spat on Twitter or IG or whatever, and he was like, you know, I disagree. And, of course, Draymond tried to pull that, well, I'm just giving you your flowers. And he was just like, I hear what you're saying, but, again, I don't agree. And then there was pictures that were posted, of course, of the Steph Curry, um, the aura that, you know, he brings to the game because it was like um, and the same thing happened in the finals recently was that when he cuts through off the screens, everybody kind of collapsed to where he was around and then everybody else is wide open. Um, so, you know, just at different times between those things being said and then, of course, Draymond being an asshole or Draymond being Draymond. Um, you know, this I felt like Katie felt some kind of way and was just like, well, cool, y'all don't need me. Fuck y'all. I'm out. Because I'm like, when I look at it, he was making $35 million a year. So, you so know, he for, did his Dion. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, like, y'all don't need me. Well, fuck y'all. I'll leave. Yeah. So I think where it's kind of funny to me is because it's like, okay, you went to Brooklyn. You wanted to be there. You wanted to play with Harden. You wanted to play with Kyrie. And it's like, look what he got y'all. Now, it's like, I obviously, like, you know, Katie's not one of those people that's like, winning is the only thing. So, it's like, kudos to him. But I'm like, also, at the same time, you play the sport to win. Like, even, like granted, in their scenario, they play because they get paid to play. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you know, you went to Brooklyn, you know, with efforts to win the media markets and all those things. But I'm like, what exactly did you accomplish in Brooklyn? Like, I mean, obviously, you were a three inches, not even an inch, probably like a, a toenail away from going to the finals last year, you know, with your shot going against Giannis and them, but, you know, you guys lost. Mm 
And then, you know, this year he's coming in and getting swept by Boston. So yeah. it's like, you know, at what point? Because, like, I you know a lot of people are going to always kind of compare the two between Steph and KD. And it's, it's terrible that it's even getting to the point where they're trying to compare Steph, KD, and LeBron all in the same conversation. But it was like, you know, the huge narrative was like, you know, people were saying, what did the Warriors do without KD? And I'm like, they won a title without KD. Then you add KD, they won a title. They could have easily won probably about four or five straight titles had they all stayed healthy. And then, of course, KD leaves. So then everybody's like, all right, well, the Warriors are going to kind of go back by the wayside. Nobody's going to pay them no attention. And then, of course, they come in with another title. So it's like now it's like all the cars are kind of stacked against KD. And they're just like, well, can you show us you can win without Steph now? Can you show us you can win without Clay? Can you win without Draymond? My opinion, when I look at Brooklyn, I don't feel like they can. They're, they're poorly coached. Steve Nash doesn't know what the he, fuck he's doing. Yeah, he's not a coach. And then on top of that, it's like with some of the trades, because they have talent on the team mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, Seth Curry, KD, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I really don't care for Ben Simmons. I feel like he's he's a video he's, game defender. Yeah, he's, like, yeah, he's barbecue chicken. But on paper, like, the Nets are obviously a formidable opponent in the East. I just don't feel like they're enough to constantly compete for championships when I look at teams like Milwaukee. Because I feel like Milwaukee's a solid juggernaut with their star, the young guy Giannis. But Chris Middleton also is their big closer. I feel like Boston could be successful again next year if they get a point guard. Mm-hmm. Not having a point guard really killed them in the finals because they don't have anybody to really orchestrate the offense, get the pieces moving, and get easy buckets for everybody. So when I look at Brooklyn, like I feel like Brooklyn would be a great team on 2K, but as far as winning championships, I just don't see them winning one anytime soon. Just my opinion. Nah, I... With KD, he's a... To me, he's just a different type of dude. Like, I know he wants to win. But, like, to me, that's not his end-all, be-all. Like, he's more of, like, a uh, if I'm happy and I'm out here playing with my mans, like, I'm going to give myself the best chance to win. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, like, y'all not about to bash me and I'm about to feel bad if I don't win. I'm a millionaire that's made it out of fucking C-plus in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Like, True. you know what I'm saying? Like, I got, I got a chip. Like, I ain't really tripping on Like, obviously, like I said, I know he a winner. Mm-hmm. I know he wants to win. Mm-hmm. They definitely tried to put a team together to win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, to me, he ain't that dude that's like, like, everybody ain't Mike. Everybody ain't Kobe. Everybody ain't, you know, certain certain motherfuckers. So, like, for me, he's more like, he, he in his own lane. Like, he he just be like, man, that's cool. Like, I ain't tripping. Like, hey, I'm going to go out here and every game I'm going to give him my best. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm going to try to win and do what I got to do. But if it don't happen, like, Fuck y'all! I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking even talk to y'all on my on my real account, mm-hmm. on my ghost account, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna come back and shoot on y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, it just he just a different character. He just a different. I ain't say character, but he just a different dude. Like yeah. he, just, he just he 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 going his own lane. I feel like I guess for me, it's at different times when he decides to go to Twitter and things like that and kind of make comments because it was like he literally. Literally during game one, when Boston won, he made a comment and was just mm-hmm. like, this is, it was something like, this is when the game is good. Just basically, I don't want to say mocking Golden State, but it was like, this is what basketball is about. Like, this is a great view of what basketball looks like. And it was just kind of funny because it was like, you decided to come out your way to make that comment. Because Boston basically fought their way back. They right, were moving right, the right. ball during that game. And they had that 40-18 to 18 run in that fourth quarter. Right. That basically was a decider factor in that game one. Because Golden State had them by like 15. and kind of was coasting. And then before you know it, Boston started hitting some shots. Game was over. 
So at different times, like you kind of laugh because you're like, how much is KD salty at some point? Because I'm just like, if you're not salty, then what necessarily are you commenting for? And then sometimes I kind of let shit slide. And then it's like, you know, he'll kind of make a comment in regards with somebody. Because unfortunately, they're going to always be linked together. It's going to always happen. So it's just like, do you have to address everything? Because it's like at different times, people are going to take the shots at you because we feel like if you never went to Golden State, you probably don't win championship. You probably don't win those two championships. So, you know, like how do you, how do you, I guess if you're KD aside from, um, you know, kind of building on, I guess what you got in Brooklyn, like how do you escape that limelight? I mean, obviously winning a championship is one way, but how do you escape that? That narrative that well, you need a Golden State just as much as Golden State needed you is like a real question. Let's, I mean, let's all be, let's be serious. Like, Golden State definitely needed him. Like, even now, right now, today, yes, Golden State won the championship. Mm-hmm. But let's say they replaced Clay with KD. That game doesn't go six. That series mm-hmm. doesn't go six. Mm-hmm. Clay played like shit. He did. If you, tell Mo, did. if you tell Mo putting a healthy KD out there, Clay was supposed to be healthy. Even though I, I get it, he missed a lot of the season. So mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. But I say yeah, he was out for two years. So and and I get that. So but I'm saying if you replace those two, because ultimately that's what we talking about. Because they re-signed KD, mm-hmm. Clay's not staying unless he takes a pay cut. I say Clay was supposed to be opposed, supposedly getting traded to Minnesota. That's what I'm point. saying. Yeah. So if you if you talking about swapping them two, that's four one. If that. Yeah. Would be interesting. Because now you're talking about, now KD going to grab some boards. <clears throat> now he going to grab some boards. Now you're talking about who going to guard KD. Now now uh, Tatum going to guard KD? I mean, he did, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying on this squad, though. It's totally different. Oh, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. It's totally different than guarding them on that, that net squad. Oh, no, I get it. Because that net squad, you sitting out there. Uh, so who you going to pass it to? Um, yeah, <laughs> we're going to Mike wait. Jones. We're going to wait on Kyrie to get his vaccination <laughs> status changed, and then I'll pass it to him. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like, come on, man, nah, it ain't. So it's a it's a total different dynamic if you, if you really look at it that way. But I got you. But let's go ahead, man. We gonna go ahead. Let's talk about this top ten. Man. So with that being said, just basically kind of piggybacking off of that, where does Steph go from here? Because he finally got his finals MVP. He's got his fourth title. He obviously has two league MVPs, first unanimous, unanimous league MVP. Is he in your top ten is the question. And that's That's been the question the last, you know, two days, three yeah, days, yeah, yeah. you know, since they won the title. And a lot of people are kind of sliding him in there. And some people are like, I'm still not putting him in there. Despite... He kind of did what Mike did in this sense as far as he opened up a different level of the game. He did. I'm not I'm not taking away from that. You know, the look on your face is otherwise. <laughs> no, he definitely <laughs> opened up a different part of the game. So when you're talking about Steph top ten, because obviously he's a top seventy five player. And yeah. you know, obviously some guys will say, I got him in my top ten. Some guys will say I got him in my top fifteen. Where do you have him at? He's uh, <laughs> he wouldn't be in my top ten. So with that being said, who's who's in your top ten? Man, listen, <laughs> you talking about? You can go from ten down to one. 
Or you can go from one to ten, whichever you feel comfortable. No, I get that. It's just I, I don't even want to name them like in a. It doesn't have to be. Does it have to be, be in a sequential through, order? No, I mean uh, you can just name these are the top ten players in my opinion that you know I've witnessed in this lifetime that are top ten players. Because the argument also is like a lot of people would be like, I don't feel like Kobe should be in there. Kobe's not. And there's a lot of people that put Kobe in there because of Kobe as the competitor. Kobe wasn't the best player on his own team. At different, well, we're talking about a three-year period. He wasn't. Name another superstar, another, another top ten motherfucker that was on his jump that wasn't the best player on his own team. What was that? (laughs) Name another top Uh, ten uh NBA player. Okay. That is supposed to be the greatest of all time that uh, wasn't the best player on his own team. I say aside from Shaq, nobody. I say Shaq was it. And you talking about late in Shaq career. I mean, it, it was, shit, he was what, eight years in? Kobe was never better than Shaq when I would have played. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's comparing apples and oranges. I mean, Shaq. The only time Shaq had a better player than him on his team was Dwayne Wade. That was a different Dwayne Wade, though. I mean that that, that that's was, what I'm saying. Yeah, that was a at no player. point. When but Shaq, Shaq was a Kobe, different player also at that when time. When Shaq too. and Kobe played together, mm-hmm. at no point was Kobe better than Shaq. I mean, I, I agree with that, um, but also Shaq needed him. Like Kobe, he needed Kobe at that time too. Like we're not going to say and act like Shaq's not obviously the most dominant force. Oh, for sure. Yeah, with his back to the basket game, but for sure, like them series that they had, you know, with the Sacramento Kings and the Portland Trailblazers, it's like Kobe came down to it. Kobe became like that dark horse. He was that X factor. Like Shaq was going to get his thirty. That's a given. He was getting guarded by Lottie Divas and Arvidas Sabonis. I mean, like their thirty was right. a given. But when it boiled down to it. There was somebody that had to be the playmaker. They had to be the dynamic scorer when they decided that, you know, hey, if Shaq gets too deep in the post, we're going to foul him and put him on the free throw line. Or, you know, as far as those second rotations when Shaq Mm -hmm. had to come out. And that was, the you know, the second rotation was when Kobe had to shine. Because when you look at some of those teams, like those Laker teams, like they had your Glenn Rices, you had your Derek Fishers, you had your Rick Foxes. Like those guys weren't scorers. They were just solid role players. Like Glenn Rice was arguably one of the better shooters in that area. In that area, in that era, but at the same time, like Glenn Rice wasn't taking nobody off the dribble. Glenn Rice wasn't finishing at the cup. Like Glenn Rice was out there shooting threes. Right. Then you had guys like Robert Ory, your Brian Shaw's, and I mean, shit, Derek Fisher. One time, at one point, was scoring you know a forty point game in the playoffs against the Spurs, and you're kind of like, is this the same Derek Fisher? Right. But I mean, at the same time, like Derek Fisher was clutch hitting big shots for him. Robert Ory was clutch hitting big shots for him. You know, Horace Grant with the elbow jumper was clutch hitting big shots for him. So, I mean, like, those teams were well-coached. They executed well. They believed in playing together because, in my opinion, those Portland teams should have still beat them. And it was kind of interesting to see, like, to watch Portland self-destruct at different times because in those series, like, there was no stopping Rasheed Wallace. Like, no. Like, Roscoe showed Roscoe. you. Like, he showed you what kind of player he was. And I remember, the, I think there was, like, two or three games Portland had built 20-point leads and still lost. Like, that mm. says a lot about coaching execution and the players because in my opinion at those different times Portland was more talented like they had more household names your Damon Stoudemire your Bonzi Welsh your Steve Smith Scotty Pippins always sneak this Portland because, shit because because <laughs> this like, always go, team that, he always sneak that Portland, Portland team shit was supposed to beat LA that Sacramento team was supposed to beat LA and it came down to shit like Robert Ory hitting threes at the buzzer like they were supposed to beat those teams and somehow those Laker teams found ways to win because it was like Shaq was still going to get his points. Kobe was still the X-Factor. 
whether you know people want to admit it or not Kobe was the difference maker when it boiled down to it so you know when I look at you know a top 10 in my opinion mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. yeah but you know of course you know we just kind of just spit talking is what we oh, doing man, listen <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess my, my frustration with top 10s is because a lot of people have Wilt Chamberlain in the top 10s and obviously I wasn't alive I was born in 86 but I'm like you know when I look at Wilt Chamberlain and I'm just like you know his resume is extremely impressive like me I'm an analytical I'm an analytical mm-hmm. person I look at numbers I look at your resume your performance overall and you know I can't ignore you know guys like Wilt Chamberlain who were four time MVPs in the league obviously he was bigger than everybody mm-hmm. but at the same time it's not like he was a creative player that's just what the fuck it was mm-hmm. um, you know Wilt averaged 30 and 23 for his career um, mm-hmm. you know, that <laughs> I gotta put Wilt you know number 10 are you doing now I'm just I mean, I'm just saying like I'm, I'm just like he's, he's definitely in number 10 mm-hmm. um, you know and just you know just off of that resume it's impressive as fuck um, number nine for me is going to be Bill Russell. Mm. Bill Russell's another one that obviously I wasn't alive. I didn't get a chance to really kind of thoroughly study his game, see how mm. how good he was, but also understand he was also a player coach and he was also another player in the era where he was bigger than everybody else. So it just kind of wasn't fair, you know. When you look at his resume, because a lot of people are like, "Well, Bill Russell has eleven championships. Why is he not the goat?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, Bill Russell didn't change the game. You know, Bill Russell <laughs> right. and Wilt were just bigger than everybody. Right? You know, and when you're looking playing at Joe the Plumber, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, Bill Russell averaged you know fifteen and twenty two, twenty two and a half rebounds a game. And I'm like, he just literally was getting rebounds off of just standing there. You know, compared to what was around him, I also can't ignore he was a five-time MVP. You know, MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously defensive uh, defensive teams, rebounding champs, things like that. So I mean, like for me, he'll come in number nine. Um, where it kind of started to get a little tricky for me because it's like when you're coming down like one through eight, and I'm like, you know, any of these guys can basically be interchangeable at any time. But for me. It was it was kind of hard because it's like you know oh. do you shut up Jeff <laughs> so I'm like I'm laughing because like do you put Steph Curry in eight because Steph Curry you know obviously came in and really kind of changed the game and I mean like this is my perspective Steph Curry is a two time MVP finally got his Finals MVP four time champion arguably the best shooter ever ever to play in the mm. NBA. Mm-hmm. So for me, I put I Steph. Asleep, you're bad. stupid. <laughs> you can't be asleep when he just won a title. <laughs> so for me, I, I did slide Steph in number eight. Mm. Um, I feel like he he really he really has kind of slid his way in there. I feel like he can only move up from this point going forward. Um, I feel like if he gets a fifth title, then I can kind of slide him in comparison to guys like Larry Bird. Because um, number seven for me is Larry Bird. Like I, I Larry Bird to be that. Old country white bull from French Lake, Indiana, dog. Um, Larry Bird said, "I don't care what you do, just don't put a white boy on me." You know, funny thing, funny thing about that was I remember watching. He said, "I feel disrespected." I remember watching. There was a thing where he went to uh, Chuck Daly, who was the coach of the Pistons at the yeah. time, and he said, "All right, Chuck." What motherfucker you got guarding me today? And he had Rodman guarding him. Mm-hmm. I think he gave Rodman like 30, 35. Yeah, and he Rodman. said, Chuck, get him the fuck off me because yeah. he can't guard me. Yeah. And at that time, Rodman, I think, is either coming off his first or a second defensive player of the year. Yeah. And Bird was showing you, 
Like with this old white man game, right. I can still kill anybody you put in front of me. Bird was different, boy. He was. <laughs> and what's funny is, like, I recently had just watched the um, Lakers documentary, the uh, rise of the Lakers, and um, you know how they portrayed Larry Bird. Yeah. And Larry Bird was just a motherfucker. Yeah. And they was just like, you know, Larry, you know, you gonna blah blah blah. And he's like, shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. fuck you. And I was just like, this is really how Larry Bird was. They said he was. He was. He was ass- yeah, they yeah. said he was an asshole. Yeah. But, you know, like Bird's resume, three-time MVP, two-time finals MVP, three-time champion. You know, Bird averaged 24 and 10 for his career. And it's always kind of hilarious because Bird gets a lot of disrespect, obviously, because he's non-colored. Um, and a lot of people kind of downplay his game as a small forward. And I'm like, Larry Bird is a bad white boy. Like, Larry Bird, there wasn't nothing Larry Bird couldn't do. Larry mm-hmm. Bird could shoot the three. He could hit the mid-range. He could get to the cup and finish. Like, it wasn't a lot Larry Bird couldn't do. Right, right, right. Um... So you know, Bird Bird comes in there at seven. Um, for me, at number six, uh, it's kind of hard. Pause. We know Jeff. Uh, I think it's 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 Kobe for me. I think Kobe is is number six for me. Um, I enjoyed Kobe's competitive nature, and I feel like at different times, a lot of people don't really give. Kobe Bryant the love because he doesn't necessarily have the hardware that comes with it. Because when it boils down to it, a lot of people say, you know, MVPs and this and that, you know, as opposed when you look at guys like Magic Johnson and things like that. But I'm like, Kobe also won a championship with Lamar Odom, Ron Artest, and Paul Gasol. Like, Don't do that. Was a good, that was a good team. Stop they, they, they were okay. Like, we're not, we're not going to act like Paul Gasol is in the top 100 players. He's not. Paul Gasol was good as shit. He's okay. Lamar he was Odom, good as shit. Lamar Odom was Lamar okay. Was, okay, I get Ron that Artest, one. But Paul was good as shit. Ron Artest was okay. Ron Artest was good as shit. He was okay. All right, we just go. He we, was a, that's a conversation for a different time. He was a fucking you mental said, patient. Hey, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, Fisher, listen, but, go ahead. But, however, you know, Tell like. Matt Barnes smacked him in the monkey. Right. <laughs> Kobe was the second coming of Mike, in my opinion, just as far as his tenacity, you know, his demeanor. You and this nigga here. <laughs> um. But, uh, you know, like, you know, being a five-time champ, obviously a two-time finals MVP, you know, the knock on Kobe at different times was, can you win without Shaq? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, he proved he could. Um, you know, I felt like he got hosed for, you know, an MVP. At one point, they were giving Steve Nash MVPs for averaging marginal numbers. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think we, Steve Nash was, like, 14 and 12 winning MVPs. And I'm just like, why are we giving him MVPs for that? Oh, yeah. You know, you're going to, you're going to, yeah, it was All some right. bullshit. All right. Um, <laughs> So, you know, he's number six. So then, you know, my, my top five is kind of where, it, you know, that was kind of the head scratcher for like my top five for me. I put Shaq number five. Um, Shaq was obviously the most dominant force, you know, mm-hmm. that we've ever seen as far as basketball goes. Um, and obviously Shaq's only flaw, obviously, was free throws. He couldn't hit them shits. But I give him credit. He could hit them when they counted. Um, but, you know, if you foul Shaq, you know, most likely he might make one, probably miss the second one. But Shaq was number five for me. Um, number four, I felt like, and a lot of people are going to give me flack about this in this regard. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got Timmy at number four. Tim Duncan is my number four. Who will give you flack about Timmy? You'd be surprised. A lot of people, fuck, a lot of people don't fuck with Timmy because Timmy's not sexy. It's not. Oh, it's not man. a sexy game. Timmy's not. Is, there's nothing sexy about Tim Duncan's game. Motherfuckers be like, oh, I know KG. You're you're number one. 
power forward all the time. I'm like, shit. Yeah. You, and see I mean, what he, you see what Timmy did to his Right. Ass. And I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you know, like the, the game has become, it's like, what's sexy? What's yeah, appealing? And it's like, nah, Tim nah, Duncan's game ain't sexy. It's, I feel what you're saying. It's a he, marginal. He is that, he's that, he's the big white guy team. Yeah. Flag football. Yeah. And you think you you about to whoop their ass? Yeah. And then they beat you <laughs> and you like, how the fuck these motherfuckers You down 14 with five minutes to go. Yeah. And I mean, Timmy had, you know, a career of 19 and 11 for his career, but a lot of people don't, you know, who don't pay attention. Timmy obviously is a five-time champ. Five-time. Three-time. Three-time. Three-time finals MVP. Two-time league MVP. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And he was an NBA All-World Defender. So, I mean, like, like you know, I I can't ignore that. Timmy was a dog. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I I can't ignore, you know, those things as far as Timmy's resume. Timmy's resume was impressive. He was a dog. And, you know, for 20 years, he was just Tim Duncan. KG said he couldn't get under Timmy's skin to do nothing. Right. And he said, (laughs) yeah, yeah, he said, oh, got you. He said, Timmy would kind of tell me, like, how you doing, KG? How was your day? Oh, okay, cool. And then go knock down two free throws like one shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, number three for me is is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. you know, Kareem kind of perfected that sky hook. It was unblockable. Um, you know, his back to the basket game was untouchable. You know, mm-hmm. he was a leader. And I kind of I kind of gained more respect for him watching the Lakers documentary because, like, I kind of saw, like, he was kind of the catalyst, the captain of the Lakers team. And yeah. he just basically was just like, shut the fuck up and get out my face and go play basketball. Like, he was kind of the militant dad of that team, even when Magic came. You're talking about Magic? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Magic's the young kid or whatever. Yeah. But Kareem was kind of like, "Yo, we we trying to win. Shut the fuck up and get in line. Figure this shit out." Like, yeah. Um, so obviously, <laughs> number two for me is going to be LeBron. LeBron's never going to be my number one. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to feel some kind of way about it. And of course, those are LeBron fans. Um, because a lot of things when I look at comparisons, like I tell y'all all the time, I can't forget LeBron in that 2011, 2012 finals or whatever when they played the Mavs. And Bron couldn't score on JJ Beret and Sean Marion. Like I, I can't, I can't forget that. Like that, I'm sorry, I can't forget that. LeBron's going to always be my and solid the number that two. You could, you ain't have no hand contact. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, like, and then on top of that, he deferred to Dwayne Wade, like, save me. He did. And, you know, there was a game where I think Brian had eight points, and he averaged 17 points for the series, and I was just like, you know, like, I can't forget that. Despite, he resurrected himself well the next season when they went ahead and won he the did. title. But I was like, I can't forget that. That's a blemish on his resume for me. Well, Ray Allen did. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, number one is going to be my boy Mike. Mike's still mm-hmm. always going to be the GOAT, in my opinion. And a lot of people say, oh, Mike, Mike, all y'all Jeffrey. say is six rings. All y'all say is six rings. And I'm Jordan. like, I'm like, bro, like, we, we can't ignore what Mike did. Like, Mike's resume is on another planet. I mean, we're talking about a guy that averaged fucking 36 and 5 for his career. Michael Jeffrey. Mike also is obviously, we know, six time champ, six time finals Ooh, MVP, six, five time. Five time, Ooh, five time, Booker T. five time, uh, most valuable player made obviously 14 all star teams. But also the thing is, is at one point, Jordan made an NBA defensive player of the year mark. And that was a 1988 defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. And on top of making nine NBA all defensive teams. Carl Malone know about that when he came back around and stole that job from his age. Right. And that's what I mean. So it's like when I look at Mike's resume, Mike's all around resume is a lot more impressive. I felt like. LeBron probably missed, like, if LeBron won that title against the Mavs, I feel like then he gets to six. I feel like at some point you kind of have the conversation, like, all right, we're going to give LeBron the nod. So, you know, at different times people will say, well, you know, we've never seen a freak like LeBron. And I'm like, we've seen LeBron's game. It was magic. However, LeBron is obviously more athletic and didn't get AIDS. 
So when it boils down to it, <laughs> what? <laughs> so when it boils down to it, like, like you know, the game's going to continue to evolve. We're going to start seeing the second coming of players, you know, in different forms or different fashions. But you know, that's my top ten. So now we're going to roll the ball to JP, so we can hear his top ten players. No, I think I think my top ten is much yours. I think you said everybody except for one that I said. Who's that? I don't, did you say Hakeem? I didn't put Hakeem in my top ten. See what I'm saying? So I would take Steph out and put in Hakeem. Ooh, where, so where, so so to me, I, yeah, okay. So Steph has four chips and all that, but you talking about in the era and and what Hakeem did? He was really an undersized center. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? And for what Hakeem did, I mean, I. Me personally, you let them warrior teams play them rocket teams. I, I'm gonna take them rocket teams every time. They gonna I, listen. They gonna get them some motherfucking problems. I mean, I, I mean, I, I definitely. I mean, like, I, I, like at that time, at that time, they, like, they, Shaq was one of my favorite players, and I watched him dog Shaq. him. Yeah, he dogged him. Yeah. If you think about it, that Rockets team might be what a lot of these teams nowadays base their self off of. Mm. Carl Herrera. What was it? Uh, Robert Ori. Mm-hmm. Uh, all them dudes. Vernon Maxwell. Vernon Maxwell. All them dudes was sitting Sam on the top Cassell. of the key doing the same shit. Pick and roll. Picking screens. Picking pops. Uh, they'd give it down to Hakeem. Let him give double. Kick it out. Rotate it to the open man and hit a three. Mario that, Ellie. The Mario Ellie. Them teams. Yeah. That's what a lot of them teams could have really based themselves off of. That, that, that Rockets team was something to deal with. If it wasn't for the OJ trial, they might have had some of the high. I mean, the OJ uh, run. Remember, OJ was going on the loose when they was motherfucking on their finals. If, they, if that wasn't the case, they might have had some of the highest ratings. Like that was a good ass finals, but no, definitely. Nah, to me, I think I think you know, I, and I ain't going to go back on because you you definitely kicked out a lot of what everybody else had. You know what I'm saying? I I got everybody else the same, not the same number, but you know what I'm saying. Like I said, I wasn't going to give numbers, but uh, the same people in the top ten. I just for me, I would I would put Hakeem Olajuwon in my top ten, and that to me, and I know Shaq is the most dominant center of all time. Mm-hmm. That is the best center I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, I I, I mean, I, and I get it because like Hakeem was a motherfucker, he and I mean he dog. could score. You know, he was a finesse. Like he was like. I think like 250 pounds 260 yeah. pounds and he was like 611 yeah and i mean nah, like he, he wasn't even Hakeem, he was, real life hakeem was like 6869 no saying and he was and he was a really good finesse yeah. like a really good finesse player and i mean like that's where he kind of really stood out to me it was just like i could finesse you i can hit the jumper my back to the basket game is good i and, can finish under the rim and that's what makes me mad about nowadays like yo they talking about Draymond Green is going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know how, Mr. Triple C. Like, oh. okay, if that's the case, Al Horford oh. might as well go ahead and be a Hall of Famer. I think what pisses me off about it is because if you take Draymond Green and you put him on the Orlando Magic, nobody cares about him. He's just a guy Correct. on that team. Nobody cares. Correct. And you imagine putting Draymond on that, Hake- on that Hakeem team back then? He wouldn't <laughs> see no run. Yeah. None. Who you yeah. going to play over? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody, and I mean, and it's and it's crazy because like I, I get it. This is way more NBA talk than we thought was going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, but also, you know, yeah, we, we missing the shit. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like this, like y'all can't tell me these motherfuckers right now can beat the motherfuckers in the '90s 
You you can't tell me that the team play was way better, yeah. and y'all talk about this more versatile. This, they couldn't play against this motherfucker. Okay, I'm watching these little motherfuckers score and get their man on these dudes that's supposed to be so athletic and so agile and all this. Listen, John Stock, John Stockton and them would still wet these motherfuckers up. They are pick and roll their ass. I was to about death. to say, yeah, Stockton and them played the game the right, like you know, and it's funny because people are like, well, what's the right way? And I'm like, you know, Stockton was a firm believer in the fundamentals, mm-hmm. like whatever the fundamentals or. You know, the outlines of what your offensive scheme was, like yeah. John operated within it. And John was always looking to make the pass. He was mm-hmm. always looking to get the ball to the person that's open. Um, and at the same time, John could obviously hit the three. John could obviously hit the mid range. You know, obviously, John could, you know, finish at the cup. You know, obviously, he wasn't going to dunk on nobody. No. But, but, you know, John is, is for a reason the all time, you know, assist leader. And I believe he was up there as far as like steals as well, too. So I'm like, John obviously wasn't no bitch. Now, obviously, when you look at. And he just don't get as much credit as Jason Kidd. Oh, yeah. I don't understand why Jason Kidd gets so much credit, but that's <laughs> whatever. So, of course, you know, when you look at, obviously, today's basketball, you know, you do see that players, of course, over the years, oh, the yeah. game evolves. Athletes Correct. evolve. But I feel like those guys can still hold their own. Um, and a lot of the arguments when people say like, you couldn't make it, you couldn't make it. And I'm like, again, the game was different when you had a four and a five down there clogging up the paint and guys who were still able to be elite scorers. Right. And that's kind of where Michael really transcended the game because it was like, despite these shot blockers and two guys down here, I'm still able to finish with finesse. I could still take off and dunk on one of them, but I could still kill you mid range. Like, mm-hmm. Michael was still averaging 30 in that. And I'm like, right. take a guy like that now in a game where today's game is open. The five is down at the three-point line. It's open. You imagine what Hakeem would do if he could start at the three-point line? <laughs> could you imagine Hakeem one-on-one on the block with um, Mark, Martin Gortat? What? <laughs> Don't do that to Gortat, man. Come on, man. The Wizards ain't been the same since he left. <laughs> But I mean, when that's I, real shit. But when I look at but when I look at some of the centers in the league, like Hakeem would have a field day. When you say Hakeem, you're one on one with Stephen Adams down there. What that, dog is that's thirty. What dog is that's thirty? Hey, you one on one with Draymond Green. That's thirty. Dog is ass. And I laugh because you know guys like Draymond, like oh, I'm gonna strap him up, and I'm like Shaq will put you in the bucket. And even your boy Katie the other day was like, yeah, we would pick and roll and get Shaq big ass out there on the three point line, and Shaq said. All I need is one opportunity for y'all to miss because y'all not going to stop me once I get the ball in this block. That's and I'm it. like, he's 100% right. That's it. KD is not banging with nobody 330. No, no. And I mean, Shaq would have dunked that shit every time. light 330. Right. That wasn't no 330. Dunking on that, that nigga. That nigga's about 375. Right. <laughs> Seven foot one. Dunking yeah. on that motherfucker all day long. Neon Bodo. <laughs> So, you know, with that, with NBA, like, you know, it was definitely a good uh, a good season to kind of sit down and watch and all that. Um, you know, definitely be looking forward to next season, you know, like with the healthy LeBrons, the healthy ADs. Um, we know when Phoenix and those teams get healthy, the Milwaukee's get healthy. You know, when some of these teams figure out their cap and these roster moves, it, it's always good to see the, the season when it refreshes and you're kind of seeing, like, who's going to emerge. Because literally with sports, everybody realizes it's about who's healthy in the playoffs mm-hmm. and I mean that's what it really boils down to so um, you know unfortunately it's that transition period where the only thing to watch on TV is baseball and you know CFL uh, the USFL the, if you watch that shit I know the hockey finals are be coming up here shortly so I ain't no shortly it's game three of what the hockey finals the Stanley Cup yeah oh so there, you, there you go <laughs> I, take it from a black person that don't watch hockey well you know I'm halfway <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know, obviously we ain't been on this joint since, you know, week one of the NFL season. So, you know, just based off of, you know, the NFL season that we saw getting into the offseason, like what jumped out to you as far as, you know, what we saw NFL-wise? I'm going to give it to you quite quick because that's what I do. <laughs> Pause. But, uh, <laughs> I'll pass. Um, <laughs> Uh, nah, uh, Eagles had a good offseason. Um, I'm trying to figure out where the fuck they're getting all their cap money from. Man, that's you know how that shit is, man. That shit, that shit like Trump and what he do. You know what I mean? I mean, but like, I feel like the Eagles damn near signed everybody they wanted. Look, a good a good company always find a loophole and find the money to get where they need to get it. From. And I, and I feel like they did. And I, yeah. feel, I like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like when I look at Philly, because it was like you know they were able to finesse you know resign a Fletcher Cox. I didn't mm. think he was coming back. Whoa. Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> um, you know, then they add Edge Rusher with Hassan Reddick. Then you add, you know, Zach Pascal. Then, of course, mm-hmm. you get the trade for A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's hilarious is, is, you know, they say, like, you know, your boy Hurts is going to be that much better with A.J. And I'm like, A.J. is a good receiver, but I still don't know if Hurts can get him the ball. I right. like uh, watching Hurts all season. Like, I, it remains to be seen. But, you know, like, a lot of people will say Philly had a solid off season just based off of the additions. Um, so that'd be interesting to see how the competitive they make the NFC East. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, I still feel like it's the Cowboys division to lose. It is. Um, let's talk about those commanders. <laughs> what about them? <laughs> They've gotten worse. <laughs> the Washington Commanders. They've gotten worse. Well, what's hilarious is the sports news gave their offseason a B, a B grade, just as far as what they did. You had a, a, a Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. so now you have. What does that mean? You have a step ab- above, so you went from a B minus to a B plus. With Taylor Heineke. B minus. <laughs> you don't just fucking cut this shit. You don't like Taylor Heineke? <laughs> Heineke has a limp dick on. <laughs> Oh, he has shit. a limp dick arm. He missed most of his receivers half the time. Mm. Okay, so we went from a D to a C plus. <laughs> so go ahead next. Uh, no, nah, I'm just fucking about the. They some but, shit. Yeah, I. They some shit. We <laughs> lost settle. We lost uh, uh, my other man from a uh, temple. Mm-hmm. We some shit on the D line. Fucking uh, uh, pretty boy. He want to do commercials and shit and work out on his own. Chase Young some shit. He get hurt. <laughs> uh, listen, we ain't got no fucking linebackers. Uh, it's about to be bad. So the other one that really Ron kinda... Rivera, you can take your ass down to uh, South Liliquy or whatever that Indian <laughs> reservation is or That's whatever. I don't care what you talking about. You some shit. You've oh, only God. had three winning seasons in the NFL since you've been here. You're overrated. Get the fuck on out of here, and we can keep it. Hey Del Rio, you racist some bitch. You can keep it moving too. I ain't heard some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, somebody who really had a really jump out off season on me was uh, the Dolphins. Um, you know, I I still don't know to this day how they finessed getting Tariq Hill. That was definitely a huge upgrade for them. Um, yeah. As far as receiver, now of course the the big knock is going to be is can Tua get him the ball because everybody no, continues to say Tua can't throw a deep ball. Tua's trash. <laughs> Let's you let Tariq Hill say it. He said two is just he as good. He gotta as say that <laughs> because he get paid. He's gotta dollars. say that. Come on, that's like okay. The quick conversation we talk about Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. You put Jordan Travis in Alabama, Ohio State. He gonna look like a motherfucking all star. 
He is. He he make us look good sometimes. <laughs> and we trash. Yeah. So imagine what he could do with them. Yeah. And got time. Yeah. Shit, Jordan half the time, he go one, two, by his motherfucker in his face. And he got to make some shit happen. So you talking about these bum-ass motherfuckers? Two is trash. Him and his brother's trash. Yeah. Both um, of them trash. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> Two of I feel like he got that limp noodle arm. Um, Both of them trash. They also are, uh, you know, added, you know, uh, uh, Teron Armstead, you know, added Chase Edmonds from the Cardinals, got Connor Williams, you know, the guard, Cedric Wilson. Raheem Moser, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I, I felt like Miami can make some legitimate noise. It's really going to boil down to the arm of Tua, and I'm just not a firm believer in Tua's arm. I feel like they'll end up being the third best team in that division. I feel like it's Buffalo's division to uh, to yes, lose. Correct. And speaking uh, of their off season, oh no, you were going to say well, something. The Bengals, no. they, they they made a lot of O line. They needed to. They, they, yes. Because I, if, th- I think they signed three offensive linemen. If he had four seconds to throw yeah. that damn ball, they won the Super he's Bowl. He's a dog. Yeah, so we're going to definitely see. I'm a, you know, we, I'm going to try to cut it short down on, you know, all this shit. But, but I think the Bengals going, you know, with that old line, man, they could really make some moves. Well, they signed Kappa, who obviously came from the 2021 Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, of course, y'all don't know who that is. That's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and then they signed off tackle. Uh, <laughs> offensive tackle. Uh, it was a Lael Collins. Obviously, he was a Dallas Cowboy. So, you know, that's that's a huge upgrade. And then, hell yeah. They signed uh, Ted Karras. Um, you know, so they yeah, said. I don't know why I said hell yeah. You know, he's from LSU. You stupid. So, you know, the biggest thing is, is, you know, we're going to protect our investment, which was Joe Burrow, which, you know, basically Correct. got us to the chip. Smart so. move. Oh, yeah. Sure. And I mean, you still got Joe Mixon. You know, you still got, obviously, your your Chase guys, yeah. on the, you know, Chase on the outside. Joe beat him down Mixon. Mm-hmm. So who was you who was you about to say? Well, no, nah, I was just talking in regards to Buffalo, just in mm. um, you know their their offseason additions because you know they got Von Miller, um, they brought in a former Buck OJ Howard, who's mm-hmm. if he's healthy, he's a good he's a great addition for Josh Allen, uh, Duke Johnson at the running back, uh, former Commander Jamison Crowder, uh, of course also <laughs> famer, former Commander as well Tim Settle. Um, no, and then you know it's like you just I feel like with a team like a Buffalo, oh, you don't. You know I love Tim Settle. Fuck Tim Settle. You know what I'm saying? You know I love Tim Settle. <laughs> um, but I mean, just for a guy like a he Josh gonna Allen. He's going to take up double teams, man. I mean, if you get on the field. I mean. uh, he's going to. <laughs> yeah. well, I think what, what killed Buffalo was Buffalo's lack of running game. I feel like Buffalo needs to do a better job of committing to running the ball. Uh, but nobody's afraid of nobody's ball, afraid of their running backs. I feel like there was games, there was a game that uh, they lost to uh, New England, and New England threw the ball I think five times and ran the ball forty times and won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, at some point you got to be able to line up and pound. They throw the ball too much, man. Yeah, and I mean Josh Allen's a great talent. Like you obviously have a great talented franchise quarterback, but I'm like sometimes you got to be able to turn around and hand the ball yeah. off and get three yards. Because you're not going to be able to keep calling these quarterback powers, these quarterback boots, and putting your franchise quarterback at risk, despite he being 6'5", six, 240. Um, if he can somehow avoid these allegations, I like Cleveland's pickup of Deshaun Watson, but you know apparently he keeps trying to fuck the masseuse, all 23 of them, he's so he's, a, he's about to go down. Because uh, I felt like, you know, if you added Deshaun Watson, if he plays, you know, with him and Amari Cooper, uh, Jakeem Grant, I felt like, you know, with that solid running game of Nick Chubb, 
Um, so who's the other boy that played there? Uh, Kareem Hunt. Like yeah. I felt like Cleveland could be a formidable opponent, and I felt like Pittsburgh is about to take the hit because now they don't, you don't have a quarterback anymore. Um, you know, with Baltimore, you'll never know what the fuck you're gonna get out of Lamar Jackson in the game when they're behind. I mean, so I feel like a lot of wild shit happening in Cleveland. Mm Mm-hmm. Beat your girl, get some head. Yeah, and I mean it's. This is a lot of shit going on. Um, I don't know what they doing to build that team. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you know, you obviously got to, you know, pay tribute to, you know, the Super Bowl champions. Obviously, you know, the Los Angeles Rams. You know, because they're, you know, they pulled the we're bringing everybody back thing, and you still have arguably the best defensive tackle to ever play the game. They lost one. Who they lose? Who who didn't they lose uh, Von Miller? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, don't do that. Oh, come on, man. I mean, Von Von is Von, but it ain't the same Von that he was. We're not talking about you know. uh, I mean, the difference the difference was they had they added that quarterback that didn't choke. I mean, I mean, every niggas knew Matt Stafford could ball. The problem is at different times in Detroit. I mean, of course you're gonna throw the ball to the other team here on the Detroit line. You're going Detroit, exactly. So after the Rams, man, let's talk about these Raiders, man. We talking about they got Adams and they got Chandler Jones, and I think they got like another uh, another think, little receiver or something. So they signed uh, what's it, Matt Holland? Not yeah. sure who that is. Yeah. Um, I know they got Amir Abdullah, who's a decent Winfrey. decent little back, you know, a little two way guy, yeah, you know, undersized guy. Um, I know they signed a decent corner with uh, Rocky Sin. Um, mm-hmm. That was good. So of course, like you said, they got Devontae Adams to give Derek Carr a solid piece. weapon. And I mean, they're and they and they weren't far off. I mean, when it boiled uh, down to it, they lacked playmakers on defense. When it boiled down to it, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how the Raiders are able to kind of establish who they're going to be because that division is going to be hell. Because now you add a Russell Wilson to Denver, and now you already got Mahomes and KC. Of course, the Raiders are formidable opponents, but then you also got Herbert over there in LA. Herbert the pervert. So it's like it's a matter of like who the fuck is gonna finish first and who the fuck's gonna finish fourth. And I think right. it's gonna boil down to who's healthy. Because when you think about it, the Chargers gonna have Bosa on one side, mm. Khalil Mack on the other. Mm. And I mean like literally like you have two premier pass rushes you for the rest of your division. Yeah. So mm. I mean when it boils down to it, it's gonna come down to Herbert with the Chargers. Can you get the job done? Can you yeah. make the throws? Can you put points on the board? Because you got two premier pass rushers to take on three good quarterbacks Shit, in your look, division. I was hoping the Raiders traded Carr because he could have dashed all kind of DC. I say he also could have came to Tampa if Tom said, "Fuck you, I'm going home to fuck this hell every weekend now." I got bored of that real quick. So that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> why they say all pussy ain't good pussy. Yeah, she probably got <laughs> trash. Job. He said, "Yeah, fuck you and the kids. I'm going back to play football." She not gushy. She not. Squirting, she ain't got no number. She ain't all she get is a cream pad. That's because he giving it to her. Oh, I love you, babe. Get off me. <laughs> so you know that's just kind of our recap. Not no wham bam, thank you, man. <laughs> that's just kind of the recap with football. You know, football is kind of pretty brief. And I said we'll we obviously pick up more on football as we kind of get into camps and things like that. Um, you know, JP obviously really wants to touch on uh, boxing here because of the anticipation for everybody's been waiting for is the Errol Spence dun, and Crawford dun, fight. Dun, dun, dun. In October, if it happens. Let's talk about my man Earl Spence coming out here. Whoo! Off the layoff, fighting a great opponent. Motherfucker just punished Manny bitch ass Pacquiao. Yugos. Have you once his last name? And punished that Bama. So now we're talking about Spence versus Crawford. 
We can hope it happens. Obviously, if you're a real boxing fan, you know the biggest issue going to be is money. Mm. So, I believe now uh, Crawford is off um, off his deal. So, he's pretty much either a free agent or whoever he's going to sign with. But the biggest issue is, is his pay-per-view buys are low. Mm. And he really doesn't sell out arenas unless he fights in Nebraska. And obviously, this fight is not going to be in fucking Nebraska. I ain't heard Nebraska. <laughs> is that the illest nigga in Nebraska? I ain't heard Nebraska. <laughs> so, but on, in all honesty, like, this is going to be the biggest fight. Mm, I guess everybody different. So, some people, some people, some people even said Fury and, um, and Wilder. Uh, I some people said Mayweather Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, just because those two were out of their prime almost, mm-hmm. this is the biggest fight since mm, maybe Tyson Holyfield. Oh wow! Listen, uh, I really can't speak on much of it because I I tried bo- boxing. And, yeah, you know it's just it's not what it used to be. Just in my regards, like I'm used to the old days when it was just a slugfest. Like now, yeah. it's obviously become more technical. Yeah, you know? nah, and, and, and to me, to me, and I'm not saying that's right to everybody, but to me, it's like Tyson Holyfield. And even at that time, if you really looked at what Tyson was doing, he wasn't as technical as he used to be because, um, you know where he was when Cust when Cust passed away, mm-hmm. but um. But no, I, you know, obviously I jo- I laugh and joke on here about Terrence Crawford, and obviously he's not a bum, you know what I'm saying? The dude, the dude got some skills, and he he's strong and shit. So, but I I definitely think Terrence, I think uh, Terrence would definitely catch that L to Earl. Mm. I think Earl would technically, you know, just just kind of break him down. I don't think he's ever been hit that hard. Mm. Um, but the thing is, is they talking about now. He might step up to 154 and fight Charlo. Hmm. So now you talking about that's his second bump, and Charlo bigger than anything he ever seen. Pause. <laughs> but Charlo, I think Charlo would definitely chop him down, just because he's not used. He he's just now getting used to one uh, 147. Hmm. You jump up there to 154. That's a, that's a big jump, but but I just I want Earl and Terrence to have this fight because it would almost resonate boxing. People would watch it, and and there are good boxers out here though. That's the thing. Boxing just has to make the fucking fights happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson, Tank Davis, like all them dudes got to start fighting each other. When them motherfuckers start fighting each other, then people will see, okay, boxing does have a future. But it's that shit in boxing if you don't have a belt. If you don't have but nobody wants to pay for them fucking belts. People don't realize you pay monthly for them belts mm-hmm. to have them. It's not like you just got a belt and it's just free. So you're basically paying money. Like what the fuck do I want to pay money to have a belt for? It's like Floyd. Floyd didn't have a whole rack of belts. Yeah. He just went out there and fought motherfuckers and got money. So, um, I th- I definitely think Earl would would get spent. I mean, Earl would get uh, Crawford. 
Um, if he jumped up, if Crawford jumped up to fight Charlo, he I think he'll really get dog. Just because that 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 weight is different. Mm -hmm. So like this is he's only fought twice at 147. Ah. So now you're talking about jumping up to 154, and Charlo a big month. Like that's he he walk around at like 195. That's you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. 190, 195. Like he he'll just walk around at you know what I'm saying? Like he he walk around at a different type. Like that's different shit. Especially when that weight start to lean into you. That's what I'm Yeah, yeah so up quick. that's some different shit. So I just I, I always want to talk about boxing just to bring it to people that enjoy boxing. I want to bring that shit back out. But I hope the boxing world inside of the community realizes and take a number from UFC eventually and have these fighters fight each other. It's too much of, oh, if you on PB, whatever, whatever, if you're not on with Bob Arum and you're not with him, then they're not going to make a fight and fight happen. And you know what I'm saying? We, well, if we can't agree, agree to pay-per-view buys or what you're going to get and you're split, we're not going to make the fight. Like, that shit is getting old with boxing, man. That shit getting real old. And that shit is making the fucking sport die. So I just hope they realize that shit. And realize, like, yo, make this fucking fight happen. And the numbers on that joint is going to be stupid. Hmm. And I think it's going to be in Vegas. And we might have to go. Well, with I ain't saying go there <laughs> to the actual fight, but be in Vegas. That would be interesting. Because I'm actually going to Vegas next month. So yes, yes, you are. I'm saying to go back. Yeah. <laughs> it's always interesting to find new things to do in Vegas. That's for damn Yeah, sure. I'm going to go in something. Mm. That's what she said. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but say so boxing wise, I'm gonna say like I, I you know, I, I gave up on boxing after I watched Wilder get his ass whipped again by Tyson Fury. It kind of like broke my spirit. Tyson Fury is a better fighter. What was what was the movie The Great White Hope? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and what what's hilarious about it is because it was like with Damon if, Damon Wayne, no, nah, <sighs> his brother. I mean, it's one of them. Mm -hmm. But it was like all I was waiting for was Wilder to box. And it was like, for once, like, you can't slug your Major way out pain. of this fight. I just need you to box. Yeah. And he came out in the first, I think, one or two rounds. And he, you know, tried to throw a couple of combinations, kind of jab to keep him at bay. And yeah. then it was like, round four or five, he was kind of like, I'm going back to my shit. And that's when he, he just started getting tagged. that right hand. Yeah. And tries. And he was just trying to go for the knockout. Game. And it was just like, you know, you got to box him. Like, Tyson Fury boxes. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, when you constantly getting somebody who's boxing and also 300 pounds, like... Them jabs and them straights are leaning into your ass, and that shit hurts. Yeah, for sure. And it was just kind of disheartening because it was just like we we gave the great white hope, you know, they they, they have their guy, and it's like our guy just keeps getting his ass whipped. So it's like, well, don't even fight anymore. This is <laughs> when you put your hopes into a gator. You always fucking come up short. You know what I'm saying? The so, gator. Yeah, he was a gator. Oh lord. He was a DM. So, with that being said, so, um, you know, unless JP over here has any closing remarks in those regards. Just one thing. Ah. Wyatt Six. Bray Wyatt is returning. Oh, Lord. Yes. Not the WWE. Yes. I haven't watched that shit in months. Let me in. I tried to watch WWE <laughs> during the pandemic, and it was horrible. Okay, but that's why you watch The Leader. I, he's trash. He's not trash. Nobody's ever been able to replace the legendary Stone Cold. Nobody's been ever to entertain me like the Rock. I mean, hell, I'll take the Generation X back at this point. 
The situation is like, suck it. Like the best times suck of it. This is one of the best times <laughs> of wrestling. Exactly. No. And Ray like, Wyatt is the leader of the. Like before we even go, world. like that was a time to be alive because yes, you was. could flip flop back and forth between Raw and WCW. This needs its whole. This needs its own. But I'm, I'm just saying because it was you. like I could literally be like WWE's got you know the one two three kids yeah. fighting. So I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. And I could go over there and there's NWO kicking ass right, and right. here comes Sting. Right. And then before you know, here comes Goldberg and he's yeah. spearing everybody. Then here comes DDP. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Now you got, you know, somebody random fight. Let me go back to WWE. And gonna, it's just like, gonna, all right, cool. You're going to get me talking for 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying like, you know, like, I, I, like I, I tried with wrestling. Like wrestling has died for me. Like I have no more burning desire for. Well, my for son's getting into it. I, so that's where it is for me. I hope he can find the joy I once had with wrestling. Like, I used to be excited. I remember being your son's age and saying, like, to my dad, like, can I stay up till 10 so I can at least yes. watch two hours of Raw or yes. an hour of Raw because it came on at nine at that point. So I was like, can I at least stay up till 10 and at least watch the first hour of Raw? Even yeah. though I'm going to miss the Z, main event. Z, Z. Yeah. And then, yeah. it, and it's like, as of the last couple of years, I was like, who are these motherfuckers on Raw right now? Who is this? Wrestling is very different, and they uh, have a wrestler for every type of community. I noticed. <laughs> they, they, uh, you know what? I don't even care about the community. They, no, lost, I, they lost me with Santino. No, he was funny. Cobra. That, he he was, was funny. That's horrible. He was funny he's as a trash. Bautista. <laughs> he's trash. He was funny as a I mean, like, come on, <laughs> Bautista. <laughs> but with that being said, <laughs> Unless JP has anything, nah, we nah, just want to say it was good to get back into yeah. the conversation of spit talking. We appreciate yeah. y'all who like to take the time to listen out to us. For sure. Um, continue to reach out because a lot of people have reached out at different times asking mm-hmm. what happened. So, you know, we're going to try to make this more of a regular thing just as long as our schedules align. And, you know, we'll see y'all. We thank y'all. We love y'all. We'll holler at you. Man, appreciate you. Um, next time it'll sound more like us. We was just trying to get the vibe down today. It was only really supposed to be like 45 minutes a day, but, you know, we started talking and just getting, you know, spit talking. So, but, yeah, appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody coming out and, and listening to us and across the world or wherever you might be. So, appreciate you. Also, happy Father's Day to those yeah. dads out there. For even those stand-up ladies, they got to play both yeah. roles. Happy no, Father's no Day. No bullshit. Also, happy June 19th for all my black June people. June 19th. Enjoy that shit. Hey. Um... Happy Father's Day. Love y'all. Have a good one. Hey, you ain't got to be a father to appreciate Father's Day. At all. So, Nee Smith. Yeah. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right.